What's up, everybody? It's LG here, and welcome to episode 200 of The First Mint. Although we've been doing this for over two years now, today's recording kind of felt like the start of something new. I don't know. I, I felt I felt kind of nervous and I felt kind of rusty talking to the real Phil D about what's going on in NFT sports in our little corner of the world here. It's not that we didn't have a great conversation. We do. And, and you'll listen to all 90 minutes of it coming up. But it felt a little bit different. It is unlike other stuff that I'd done and also a little intimidating to say like, hey, this is going to be our weekly format from now on. But again, it's something that I think feels very natural for us and something that makes sense you know given how long we've come i guess since since the start of all this uh what you're going to hear today is us really kind of chatting about a bunch of different topics we talk about uh dave feldman who recently just announced this morning that he's going to be leaving that he has left uh dapper labs and won't be working there anymore we talk about the nba top shot lawsuit we talk about the PGA launching its first NFT project this week on DraftKings Rainmakers. And at the end, I give a little anecdote about how I was recently timed out on Discord in the MLB SoRare Discord uh, for reasons that, well, I guess if you listen, you'll hear a little bit more about it. We also spend the first 15 minutes honestly talking about you know, what it's been like to do 200 episodes of the first minute, because it has been a while. And it's something that started, you know, without really necessarily a certain direction or certain objective, just something that started for fun. And now two years in, uh, you know, I really feel like we're actually kind of finding what makes sense, especially with the revamp of the podcast starting this week and kind of going forward, especially across all our channels. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you've been listening to us this whole time, thank you for listening. And if you're just coming back now, well, man, it's great to have you back. Or if you're brand new, hell yeah, welcome to the show. This is what it's like. And I hope you enjoy episode 200 of The First Mint. Welcome to First Mint, looking for NFT content, look no further cause this is it, from Top Shot the blockchain, they got the data chops, analysis, and pack drops, the show's a crater hot, LG and Phil D, the best amongst others, best brothers that happen to balls is the ball brothers, so settle in cause it's time for the best show, Ayo Quad, who we reppin' for First Mint, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 200 of the First Mint, Phil D. What's Whoa! up? Episode 200. <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? There's no way. How has it been 200 episodes? It's honestly, if you if you add up how many like spaces, stages, uh, every like live shows and everything, it's actually it's like it's like three or four hundred. Like it's way more stuff. <laughs> like there's some day, there's some weeks where we run spaces like every day. You know what I mean? So it's like in terms of like official episodes, I think it's 200. But honestly, in terms of times that we've actually done stuff together and, and like uh, everything that's first minutes, like it's way more in just two years. So that is crazy. I think that I, I think that deserves a pretty big congrats. I love how when you post about this, everyone starts congratulating me, too, as if I was like in all 200 episodes of the podcast. <laughs> when this is indeed like only the third or fourth time I make an appearance on the podcast. <laughs> I just love it because people don't really know. Right. They know you and they know you're the mastermind for the most part. But the people who just the kind of casuals who just watch and listen, they don't really know. I think they think, you know, that kind of tells you who listens, who doesn't, because when they're congratulating me and you, that means they don't listen at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, I think it's because there's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But honestly, if you want to talk about like quickly about the history of like 200 episodes in the last like two years, basically, it's like most. Uh, let, let's be real here. 
like most people listened in the first couple months <laughs> in terms of like all time. That's what I mean. Just like, you know, we still have a lot of really great listeners and community members now. But in terms of like the difference of like how many people in the broader space listened in like, let's say the first half of 2021 versus all the time since it's pretty dis disproportionate. And for most of that, like I think a lot of people watch a live show really early on. Like some of those live shows, especially back in the day with Plunge, like some of those, we had like a thousand people watch for two hours, like on Friday nights, which is an insane to think about now that people spend their Friday night, a thousand people will listen to us for three hours straight on, on a Friday night. Well, um, I mean, that a, was, a it was pandemic, that, you know, a big part yeah. of that was pandemic, but not just pandemic LG, you know what the magic word was back there or back then when you wanted a thousand people to tune in or listen, the magic <laughs> word that starts with a G would automatically like double or triple your viewership no. or people who would listen. And if you if you had no giveaways that night, you'd be like, okay, where the hell is everybody? As soon as you would say you're giving away a an S2, um, you know, Jalen LeBron, no like, look. Whatever. No, no, don't even not yeah. even LeBron. No, you're right. It could yeah. be anything, yeah. right? Um, it could be it could be anything. Seriously, even a cool cats moment. If you said cool cats moment back then, if you were giving that away, you easily had a thousand people watching the live show. And we noticed that and we found it was pretty fun, right? Lots of giveaways. Um, and then you still have the random uh, people who who are DMing saying, Hey, I won a prize like two years ago. Where is it? I'm like, come on, man, get out of here. Seriously, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's true I remember those. it's true we still do get those <laughs> anyways those were good days and i feel like today episode 200 is like is like i don't i don't want to say like a reboot because i feel like i've rebooted the show a few times but just to be like really kind of like open up about this before we actually get into the topics today which are really great um and there's a lot going on in like nft sports right now um i think for a long time you know we started off as first mint as like okay Top Shot is like literally the hottest thing that I've ever been a part of. And we wanted to cover that exclusively. And at the end of 2021, is like, okay, well, there's other stuff now. UFC, NFL is starting up. Um, and people are kind of shifting their focus, not just away from, from Top Shot, but like away from like sports in general. So like, let's zoom out. And I think like over that time when that started to happen, like me personally, I was like, okay, what do we do with the show? Right. Do we keep talking about Top Shot? Do we zoom out to all this other stuff? We, we did zoom zoom out. Uh, we monetized by working with like promotional partners and doing a bunch of fun stuff, community stuff. But I think that kind of set us into a bit of a no man's land of like, well, what is the show? Right. Because the show never started as like, OK, let's start really organically, coupled new listeners every time. And eventually we grow into like, here's the big vision. It was like, no, I just started it because I thought it was hilarious. I thought like four people listened to it. And then we had like thousands of listeners like a couple weeks later, like it just exploded, which was nice. Uh, but at the same time, didn't have this kind of like normal, slow kind of organic growth like I think a lot of other shows do. So what I want to say is that coming back to this where weekly it's you and I talking about like the issues of the day and kind of, you know, giving our thoughts on it and connecting with the community, I think is the best version of what all of this could be. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if people want to listen. But I think people have requested to have you back on the show for a long time. They like us talking to each other. So I feel good about this direction. And also, I feel like this is going to be the easiest show to make yet because I feel like you and I can talk for hours every time we talk about and like actual sports, NFT sports has like regenerative storylines like every week, every day. There's like new stuff to talk about. So I feel good about the direction and for everybody who's been listening so far, who's still here um, or who's coming back for the first time and who knows how long. Uh, welcome back and 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 happy to be here. And, and Phil, we're going to do this once a week, just like the old days. Wow. That is that is some monumental stuff right there, LG. That is that is the best <laughs> direction you have taken. Out of all the directions you've taken in the last couple of years, oh, yeah. in those 200 episodes, this is by far 
the best direction you have decided to take. This is going to be wild. And and I have to say, we are recording this at a time where kind of all hell is breaking loose, um, you know, with certain <laughs> projects. I, I mean, just the tweet that you put out previewing this episode, some of the responses that we got uh, in mm-hmm. terms of what we should discuss and, and some of the DMs I got in response. To, I got so many DMs saying, hey, listen, you need to bring this up. I will tell you the scoop on this. All right. You need to talk about this. I'm like, holy shit. A lot going on behind oh, the scenes bad. that we don't necessarily know about or see, which I love that kind of stuff. And you know it. Like a lot of stuff I so got we put was out- the yeah, was the whoa type of stuff. Like, wow. So we put out a tweet Saturday morning, like two days ago. That was basically which which is the one project you want the real Phil D to talk about on the first minute, which is just this like hilarious engagement farming style tweet, uh, just to see. And this is like even before writing the tweet, Phil, I could have told you which projects we're gonna post. Like it's like you know the ones that have strong nuts, communities who want oh, to yeah. get their project out there. It has like fifty comments on it, and and shout out to the people who like when they see us post something like that, they come on in and. And they want to pump the, the thing that they have or the, the thing that they're really passionate about. So, uh, but yeah, love some love some of the responses. I love some of the responses. Like some of the responses are like uh, uh, Metaverse Football League, which I know you're a part of. Uh, play yes. Swoops, Martian Premier League, Wieners. Oh, play which Swoops was like is your, huge. We still don't know if you're the founder of Wieners or not, but but uh, <laughs> many, many believe so. Uh, Knights of D-Gen, Rumble Kongs, like a lot of the people that we get usually in our, in our responses for stuff like that. Some people did kind of troll saying like, Okay, Top Shot <laughs> or uh, Shot to the Moon, which is also kind of a defunct project. Uh, but lots to talk about for sure. I don't know if we'll touch on any of those projects today, but but good to know where the, where the community is at and what they want to know a little bit more about or they want to see, see the project that they're into get featured a little bit more. Yeah, I, I've never had so many Donkey Kong looking PFPs follow me before all in a one shot. That was just wild. <laughs> that was like the old days Donkey when we'd have Kong. a live show. You'd come out from a live show having like what? 100 or 200 new follows instantly from a live show right and it was just everyone wanted to know what we were saying everybody wanted to hear what we were saying and when you said it they wanted to hear more so they would follow you on social media but the last year or so it's been like a reverse effect the followers like all the fake accounts and all that are getting banned and and our and 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 my account is just going down and down and down and down i'm like okay who the hell were these people and what kind of accounts were following us like seriously man Man, Were they all burner yeah, accounts I don't know. and everyone you just know, got rid of them? Or what happened? I've been talking about this with some other social, uh, like with other content people who have social accounts. And there's definitely been like a bit of a purge in the NFT space. Specifically, like a lot of different bigger NFT influencers have complained about um, them losing follower accounts. I think honestly, there's a long time. I think a lot, honestly, I think a huge amount of Twitter is bots. I think sometimes you go into NFT spaces yes. and there's like 3,000 people there. It's like, no, I, I really don't believe it's 3,000 people listening to that. Like, I don't know if people are that engaged. I think a lot of it are really bizarre accounts. Honestly, even some of the new people that follow us, I, I click on the accounts and I'm like, there's no way that this is like a real person. We like, yeah, like First Mint loses like on average, like a, maybe five to 10 to 15 followers a day, um, but not like, I don't think it's because of the content. Like, sure, maybe some people unfollow us, but it's definitely like, I think it's accounts getting purged. I also kind of follow the Top Shot account because we grew at the same time. Um, and I think that they they kind of have like the same trajectory where it's like their account is kind of like, hasn't really grown in a while because it it it, it loses followers as quickly as it gains them, right? Really? So I didn't know uh, that. I didn't know yeah. there was anyone outside yes. of me, really, because I don't really follow them. No. I'm just like, all right, I don't <laughs> know what happened. You. I must, it's not must you. I must have had fake I think, followers this whole time. 
Yeah, I think Twitter kind of has like a really strange bot problem that's that that is uh, probably takes a lot to kind of uh, understand and to to weave through. And I think basically when when certain uh, topics, hashtags, and like like let's call them like little ecosystems of accounts and topics get hot, I think a lot of the bots are driven to that, and it kind of pumps the accounts. Like there's a point, there was like literally a point during the early days of First Mint where overnight. There was literally like, you know, at one point we started growing like a lot, a couple hundred followers a day. Then at one point a thousand, you know, and it, it, as Topshop blew up because we were covering it. But there was literally one night where I went to bed and we had 26,000 followers. And the next morning we had 37,000. And that was one of the only times I was like, you know what? I, I get it. Like what we're posting is popular, but there is no way. <laughs> There's no way 11,000 people in the 12 hours since I was at the computer clicked follow like there's just yeah, no man. chance um, you are so i don't know all the haters right now you're fueling their <laughs> fire where they've been saying this for years i've never denied it followers and honestly I, I i wish i was smart enough to say that i went and bought like went to the bot farms or whatever and bought farms. a bunch of those i wish <laughs> i was smart enough to say that i did something like that but i don't even know where to start with that i think it's just like i think there's a lot of twitter works in mysterious ways um and, and it is what it is so don't worry it's not just your follower account going down but do, it's ours. Do you know but phil d listen yeah go ahead i just want to say something about that it, it's kind of weird because if you go back and look at my history of twitter and and the stuff i used to say compared to what i say now on twitter it almost had a counter effect on how i behave on twitter when i got all those mm. followers and i passed ten thousand. I was way more careful. And not that I ever said anything bad. You could never go back. I've never deleted old tweets. You could never go by back and find, you know, some crazy stuff like you do with some of these athletes or you find racist stuff and all that. There was never any of that stuff. And I never crossed the line. But like I used to tweet the mayor of Toronto and, you know, I'd be like, fix the fucking roads or something, you know, like crazy stuff like that. (laughs) I'd go after all sorts of people. But now it it had kind of a, you know, Twitter, the platform Twitter is made for you to kind of express yourself and say what you want to say and have an audience or whatever. But it had a counter effect on me when I gained all those followers because now all of a sudden I was like, OK, hold on. I got to kind of be careful what I say here and and I can't just kind of go off like I used to. And mm. I find that really weird. Right. Because, wow, you know, I, I, I started when 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 I started the first mint, I had 500 and something followers, 600 followers. You know, now I have 11000 and that this is two years <laughs> later. But if you go back and look at my pre NFT, um, you know, space tweets and stuff like that. There's some pretty funny stuff and there's some pretty wild stuff that I've kind of not, I haven't held back. I just don't tweet as much as I used to. And, and I always think like, man, I don't know. Can I say this? Should I say this? You know, it's, it's kind of playing mind games with me to have all these followers, but now the followers are now that, now that the gate, the floodgates are open and people are just leaving. Um, Maybe I'll oh, go you're back to start the old saying tweets. crazy shit again. You're well, the mayor's gone cra- now, man. I'm pissed. Like, honestly, I wanted to tweet him a couple of times, but now he's gone. <laughs> Like he's gone. He had a okay, crazy so, sex so, so scandal. For, and he's gone. F- f- crazy sex scandal. Okay, so he's for dead. context, people don't understand what Phil's talking about. Years ago, pre-first mint, pre-like NFTs crypto, Phil would rocket launch these tweets, specifically at like 7 a.m. his time when he'd be hitting the road to go to work, and it'd be a screenshot of Google Maps. And, it, and it'd be like the highways in Toronto and it would be a sea of red, just like the worst gridlock traffic. And then Phil would tweet at John Tory, the mayor, being like, John Tory, what the F are you yeah, doing? This always. is a total disgrace. <laughs> traffic disgrace. is a mess. You promised that this would be better. So, yeah, yeah it was pretty enraged. Stop going they made to, sense. Like, they made rabbit sense. fundraisers and get your ass out there and fix the street. <laughs> now he's gone. I can't do that anymore. We don't have he's a mayor gone. anymore. 
party's over. It's go- he's gone. Yeah, yeah. He 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 slept with somebody that wasn't his wife during the pandemic, and uh, and and, and for, <laughs> out of nowhere, like two weeks ago, he was like, okay, by the way, I slept with somebody else, so it's I'm not the mayor anymore. And he just he must have been blackmailed or something like that. He must. So somebody the Toronto must have Star, some, like, which is a, yeah. a local newspaper, called him the night before. Sorry, they sent a letter to his office. Is what happened, and they said we know oh. about this. And just to give you a heads oh. up as a courtesy, we are running the story tomorrow that you we know oh. you've been hooking up with somebody else that is not your wife. And we will be telling everyone tomorrow. So what does John Tory do? He comes out that very same night as if he's some honorable guy admitting his mistakes and says, hey, listen, I'm resigning as the mayor. All right. I hooked up with someone that would never, ever hook up with me in the real world. OK, and I'm out of here. And then people and then he didn't resign, though. He stayed. And people are like, yeah. no, no, don't resign. Everybody does that kind of stuff. Just stick around, man. We like you. And then finally, people are like, what is he doing? Why has he not resigned yet? This is a disgrace. What is he doing? So then finally he left and he's gone. And now we don't have a mayor. And now you got all got sorts. It. Everyone's saying Drake should be the mayor. You've got all sorts of people saying all these celebrities. <laughs> You've got that that crazy anti-vax guy, Chris Sky, who's known all over Canada for being arrested like oh. five thousand times. He says he's running for mayor and he's gonna win. So this could this could be a real shit show here in the next couple wow. months in Toronto. We'll see what happens. Man, look at that. Look at that. We're 15 minutes into the new to the new show, and at no point have we talked about NFTs or anything. Like we didn't know this is how quickly things can spiral. So we gotta keep us, I gotta keep us on track here. I feel like this is what used to happen on live shows. We quickly we'd get a guest on like arsenic, four hours start live talking shows. about like dick butts and shit like that. And yeah, exactly. It would just go like way out of control. People are gonna I don't, I don't know if people want something. Maybe they want us to rant about something like this. Maybe the show won't be about NFTs in the future, but we can try that. All right, Phil, we have a lot of stuff to actually talk about today. As of literally like two hours ago, we got the news that Dave Feldman, who was who was one of the most well-liked uh, uh, oh. dapper employees in the community who came from the NFL, that he has left. So we're going to chat about oh. that. We're also going to touch on last week's major bombshell news, which we covered pretty heavily, the lawsuit against NBA Top Shot from two years ago, but that's rearing its head now. Also, this we're going to talk about uh, some of the bigger NFT drops coming this week, notably the PGA coming to DraftKings Rainmakers. And then if we have time at the end, I'm going to tell you the little story about how I got timed out in the MLB So Rare Discord the other day, uh, which was a total disgrace, but uh, not, a, not a disgrace on my part. Okay, It was a disgrace on somebody else's part. Or if we have time, we'll tell that story because I've never been timed out from the Discord. So I do, I do want to save time for that. But Phil I D, can't, I can't wait. Dave I really Feldman. can't wait to hear this. Seriously. Yeah, I know. You, you got to hear it. I can't uh, wait. Dave because I know when LG gets in rumbles, LG gets in rumbles. And it is not great. <laughs> I know it's Phil. We want to talk about Phil. You think Phil got enraged at the traffic? It's like I don't. I, you know, I'm I'm not mad at traffic, but when somebody puts me in that zone, oh I definitely, God. I definitely, I'm definitely say I definitely am that, if not way worse. So uh, I don't, I don't leave tweets about traffic. I go in and, and try and destroy discords, and that's kind of what happened the other day. So, anyways, I don't. I, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's that's the end of the show. Uh, let's talk about something uh, that that's kind of fun and silly. Let's talk about something uh, kind of sad for all of us, especially all of us who are uh, you know big fans of of uh, the stuff that Dapper's built and also NFL all day and honestly of this individual. Uh, just a couple hours ago this morning, the big news was Dave Feldman, who was the GM of NBA Top Shot, or no, he wasn't the GM of NBA Top Shot. He came in to be head of marketing for NBA Top Shot back in like April 2021. He brought in the Avengers of marketing where he recruited AJ Curry and Malik and all these other people from other sports leagues that he worked with before, uh, set up the whole marketing team, was the GM of NFL all day as well uh, as probably playing a lot of different roles in Dapper, posted on Twitter. Dave Feldman wrote, what a bittersweet post to write after two incredible years. I recently decided to leave Dapper Labs. It's been the honor of a lifetime to work on such an innovative set of products at the absolute cutting edge of technology and sports. 
I'm so grateful to Roham for believing in me, continuously challenging me with more responsibility, both in overseeing our marketing and as GM of our biggest businesses, also being a thought partner whenever asked the future of Dapper Labs is so incredibly right. Wrote a couple other messages saying, you know, more, more, more pretty generic stuff when people leave, which is good. It is a nice message of saying he's going to miss a lot of his colleagues and he's worked with great people. Uh, he also wrote, I wrote that, you know, when I left the NFL to join Dapper, I wrote that I was leaving my dream job for a new dream job. I can say without a sliver of doubt that Dapper exceeded even my wildest dreams. Phil D first take on this one before I give my opinion. Okay. Who wrote that for him? Seriously. And is, is this the letter <laughs> that they're having them send out? Like seriously. The part of that statement, and I, re I really like Dave. We've had Dave on the show many times, um, although I'm still bitter that the NFL Toronto party never happened, and I was all worked up for that. <laughs> it just vanished. We never heard about that after. That's right. Um, uh, the, the only part of that statement that kind of bothers me, because we keep seeing this now in the NFT world, is the future at Dapper Labs is very bright. Okay, If you're leaving Dapper Labs, how bright can the future be? I don't understand why we keep reading, hey, I've had a great time working at so-and-so. Their future is unbelievably bright, but I'm out of here. I'm not doing anything else right now. I'm going to sit on the sidelines. Yeah. I'll just start my own ventures later on, but I'm not staying there. But the future is amazingly bright. I don't get that. Something's off there. And, yeah. you know, I, I've been asking LG for, for months now, who the hell is in charge at NBA Top Shot? Not that I have problems. I'm one of the only people actually enjoying the platform right now because I'm just collecting what I want to collect. I actually finally qualify for a lot of the challenges. I'm doing my own thing and having a really good time and I'm not spending too much money uh, to the point where I'm not even looking to make money. I'm looking to just collect. But I have things that I, I, I want to be confident that, you know, it, it's in the right direction and that someone's in charge. I like that. I like the idea of having someone in charge. When we had Jacob... We could bitch to Jacob about anything we wanted. Not that he would always answer them. He had the office hours going and all that. But at least we knew we could tweet someone and be like, Jacob, what the F, man? What's going on here? Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But back to my point is that the last two or three months, I've asked, and you can check our Discord. I've asked maybe 500 times. I will ask it five times a week. I have asked, who is in charge at NBA Top Shot? Now that Janie has vanished. Okay. And the answer I keep getting is either I don't know or Dave Feldman from NFL all day is now in charge at, for everything mm -hmm. at top shot in terms of, of like mm -hmm. being the GM. So now the so-called person in charge is gone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this person's also gone from NFL all day. So where do we stand? What is going on at Dapper labs right now? Seriously, there needs, and I said this to Dumbo on one of our state, uh, one of our spaces because Dumbo seems yeah, to be the good. only Dapper labs employee left after after this recent exodus and, and everything that's been going on okay i told him yeah. i don't know who you speak to but you need to find a way to have this entire whatever's going on addressed by the higher-ups which is roham or whoever else wants to step on to the stage and address the nation the dapper labs nation that that has been invested in by so many people since nba top shot because it's not just top mm -hmm. shot right there's a lot of other projects under the dapper labs umbrella who are now kind of wondering what is going on is dapper just going to vanish like what's the story and it, it, it's concerning for me so i think it there needs to be a state of the union of some kind where roham goes in front of everybody and explains what the heck is going on i what don't know why know? dave left well, well what if, he what needs if to figure doesn't... it out he needs to figure it out yeah. this is his company 
He needs to yeah. figure this out, man. You cannot keep going like this. If I didn't know that Dave voluntarily left until you said that right now. I also did not know that AJ voluntarily left, which I saw in our Discord. I'm not even sure if that's true. Because we heard of yeah. all the layoffs at Dapper, right? So I figured they were yeah. maybe part of those layoffs. But now I'm being told that they both left on their own terms, which for me makes it even worse. I'm not going to lie. That makes it mm -hmm. worse for me mm -hmm. that these two individuals who, who were respected by the community and loved their jobs at Dapper, doing what they did, decided to voluntarily leave, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on there? What is happening at so Dapper? Why'd you leave? So just the context there, because we, yeah, we saw some screenshots from this. AJ, who was also, like, I guess the, the, the community and kind of marketing lead for all day, I guess, like, working, I guess, directly under Dave or with him on that for a long time. And who, when the NFL season started, was like, we had so many so much fun in the Discord. She was on Spaces all the time. Really well-loved community member. And also, like, Dave basically recruited her from the NFL to come work at Dapper. Um, she was posting literally this morning in the Discord that she she also voluntarily left. Because last week, uh, at the same time as the, the lawsuit news dropped, which we'll talk about the lawsuit in a second, um, it was also revealed that, that uh, Dapper had laid off another 20% of the staff, right? Which comes after a 22, 22% uh, reduction in staff back in November, which which is nor has been normal across the industry. Uh, everybody's laying people off, so that's it's not not uncommon in tech if you zoom way out. Um, but she said that she left voluntarily, so I agree with you, Phil. It is it does leave kind of like a strange kind of image when you have people that are really key people on a really key product. Like NFL All Day is a monstrous product for Dapper, right? Like the NFL is bigger than 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 everything else, especially or at least in the U.S., right? Which is their prime market. Um, you know, that, that has the, the chance to be like the flagship product. Obviously top shot, I think has kind of like been the lead for a long time, but NFL all day, I think all of us feel like has the most potential reach because the NFL is just so freaking massive. When you have two key people there kind of, uh, leave on their own power, it does, it is a little bit strange. What I will say is that, listen, you know, in startup life, this is normal, right? People leave the companies have to change like drastically change how they're doing things because like startup companies operate completely different than like sports leagues like startups basically operate of like every couple of months you try and do one thing to see if it works for growth and if it doesn't then you go and try something else like that's that's literally like every startup does that that's like okay let's build this does it work yes no no it doesn't okay get rid of the team reformat let's try something else like that's what growth is and like dapper and so are and everybody else DraftKings. like their prime objective right now is growth they want to grow in users so you know i could also understand that it's like if even though you know maybe dave and aj and everybody else who maybe i don't know how many other people left voluntarily but if uh, or people that were let off uh, let go as well the people that left like dave and aj like if they don't feel like they were doing a good job of that or they were you know able to do the job that they wanted i can understand because the goal without a doubt is growth it's not user satisfaction the user set like this i think what people don't understand about like the dapper products is that it's like those products are not trying to make us happy right now because what they've done so far is not is not is not growing right so it's like they're not most people there it's like their objective is not just to make us happy just to be like okay community do you like this new challenge or this new feature or not it's like no no, no. they need to fucking grow man each of those products has like under 5,000 weekly users like that's not you, you You need to grow a lot more so I don't know how that necessarily correlates back to Dave and AJ but if they if they weren't given a chance to, to do what they were trying to do or it just was made clear to them that it's like what they were their efforts weren't working or whatever that is then I can understand it being like a, a really hard situation over there um but well, yeah I, I, mean, I don't know it's another it's another issue yeah another issue I see is that a lot of people I've talked to that were previous Dapper Labs employees or that were employed by Dapper Labs run projects 
was that mm-hmm. they there and it's interesting because you just mentioned this is that their ideas and 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 their leadership was not being utilized and their ideas were not being heard in terms of how mm-hmm. to increase um uh, a user base right and and, mm-hmm. and and i could see that because for me again i'm still confused as to how someone who works yeah. for dapper labs and an nfl project or an nba project would 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 you know and we've talked to dave before many times a big sports fan and and and, and yeah. i know it meant a lot to him um if fan. you were going if you were leaving for a job somewhere else a much better job yeah. uh, i would completely understand right but if you were if you're just leaving and i'll figure it out later for me is always a huge concern because you know naturally i've been at my my nine to five job i've been at my nine to five job for you know over 12 years now the same one and i'm not gonna lie there are times where i've said hey you know what i'm sick of this i'm out of here like i'm sick of the people i'm sick of the management and these are natural thoughts they don't stay very long but you will run into roadblocks along the way and that's normal nobody nobobody's job is 100 exactly. percent happiness it's work it's not happiness you know <laughs> but but at no it's point yeah. did i say all right well i'm just gonna leave this place and i'll figure out what i'm doing yeah. next yeah. I, I always said, you yeah. know what? I'm still okay. It's still paying the bills. I still kind of like what I'm doing. It's exciting. It's yeah. fun sometimes. I have a lot of friends around. I'm part of the community at yeah. work and all that. I do a lot of stuff. So until something better comes around, I'm going to stick it out. But it never got that bad where I said, you know what? I'm going to leave and figure it out later. So again, for me, it's concerning. It really yeah. is that they both left. I did not know that. Like For me, that's yeah. concerning. I'd like to know more. I really yeah. would like to know more. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they're barred from saying anything. And, uh, you know, sure. you're saying that like, Dave's message is like pre-written. Well, it's like he has to be nice. Like, I don't think like that's career suicide at this point. Like, not just to leave your job when you don't have anything else lined up, but then to go out and like a, a, a uh, whatever, like yeah. go down burning or whatever. What's the right expression? Like a, for that? Anyways. a fire Roham Twitter account or something like that. Yeah. Like that one guy <laughs> yeah. that's been around forever. No, now. to say mean things on your way out is like, well, no, I, you're never going to get hired again if you do that kind of <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, you don't want to do that. Dave's Dave's a really classy guy. It's AJ as well. You know, wonderful, wonderful sure. people. So um, naturally they're not going to say anything. You know, they're not, they're, they're going to be barred from saying how they really feel because they want to get another job. What I was saying too about the startup thing, I think as well, Phil, is that it's like, Working in a startup like Dapper is insanely different than working at an established place like the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that, like you are talking completely different ecosystems. And I'm not saying that as a critique towards them and like they should have known that. That's not what I mean at all. I mean, in the way that, um, you know, two years ago when Dapper was, was trying to hire up and, and they got the huge round of investment, they were specifically looking for people who had experience working at sports leagues or betting books, right? Look at all their hires people from the NFL, MLB, NBA, any, or I don't know, NHL maybe, uh, people that run events, people have done marketing. And then also all their customer service people are people from FanDuel, DraftKings, like, you know, uh, uh, Janie, which we'll talk about in a second, also had been like head of growth at like other internet properties like DraftKings, EA, Reddit. Like they looked for a very specific kind of person and experience. The thing is, is that a lot of those places are like incredibly well established and are not going to be places where they had to pivot what they were doing every six months. Like, like the NFL didn't roll out a completely new, like ticket selling strategy every single season, the product sold itself. Right. So it's like, it's, it's a vastly different experience. And I think we kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that's anybody's fault, but I think it's just something to acknowledge that it's like, literally that's as, like as different a job as you could get, even though it seems very similar. Um, I agree. Phil, I let's, agree. Let, let's, let, let's talk about this GM model, right? Cause like a year and a half ago, or less maybe uh dapper rolled out they're like listen for all our sports properties we're gonna have a general manager 
right? Like that's what we're going to do. It's very sports, you know, which is cool. I guess it's like, okay. Or two years ago, I don't know how long this was, but they said like, it's going to be a general manager, just like sports, you know, it's gonna be like a sports team. And the first yeah, person they did right. that with was NBA top shot. It wasn't Janie Parasini. It was Tristan Radic, who's somebody that we oh, never wow. heard from again after that first blog post. It was like NBA top shot has a GM. It's this dude from Saskatchewan uh, in Canada, which is a place in Canada. Shout out King dragon. The only person I know who lives there. And basically they were like, this guy's from the gaming world. He's going to be running up top shot. And we never heard from him again. And then months later, it was like, he, it, like I think it was Ghost when he worked with us. Uh, he like found on LinkedIn that that guy didn't even work at Dapper anymore. And we were like, never told that that guy even did anything. He was just gone one day. Um, and then I was looking back on old tweets. It was only just this past May, Phil D, like May 2022, that Janie was announced as the general, the new general manager of NBA Top Shot. N Dapper never acknowledged that Tristan was even gone, never said anything. But they said new GM and it's Janie. And that's literally as recently as May. And we haven't heard from her, at least publicly, uh, since since late October, since her, her mental health leave. Now Dave, who was the GM of All Day, is gone. UFC Strike has gone from Malik being the GM, who, who is still in the mix, but no longer the GM to a guy from a gaming company who's now the GM to, to go and build out a whole like gaming product for UFC strike. So a total pivot for that product there. Phil D the, the GM model, is it dead? Is that, was that ever a good idea? Is that something, is, is that going to die off now? We're not going to talk about GMs anymore. Yeah, for sure. After, after the latest string of, of GMs either vanishing or not really kind of playing the GM role that I, in my head as a GM, like for me, a GM is somebody that again, if, if you're, not happy with something, whether they like it or not, and whether that's the right move or not, I can tag them on Twitter and, you know, they don't have to answer, but it'll be taken into consideration if, if all, you know, if the entire community is pissed at the same thing. Uh, you, it's kind of a sense of comfort. GM for athletes is completely different. It's their boss, really. It's, it's, yeah. it's who makes yeah. the big decisions with their future and, and anything that to do with the team. But it's a little different in the NFT space. This is someone that the community turns to, which is why for me, it's been such a problem since Janie kind of just took her leave that it wasn't even addressed. Like, you know, if, if, if that happens and if the Toronto Raptors GM decides all of a sudden to take a leave, then the franchise will make a statement telling its fans and its people and the people who keep their business running that the GM of the Toronto Raptors is taking a leave of absence for whatever time and this person will be in charge while they're away. That's standard. Well, Jane, Janie did say she was taking a leave at the start she of October. Did. She, she was know, going on mental health did. leave. Yes. She, she, yeah, you're right. No, Dapper never said anything. She said she was going on mental health leave, which was obviously right. a really strange move because it was a week before the NBA season started uh, on the product that she's working on. And I think general manager in this case, yeah, you're right. Obviously not managing players, but I think it's like mm -hmm. basically like a a, 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 a proxy for like being head of growth basically. But also like you're saying, like being, being accountable to the community, which is, I think what you were asking about now is like, well, who is that now? Right. Is that like, is that just Luke? El Dumbo, who's just like the community marauder, wonder, wonderful person to be kind of like the community connection. But is he the person making the decisions? Right. Like, I don't think so. He's just the but, person but who's out there to kind of like the reason know, that down. someone like Dumbo and, and we love Dumbo. The reason Dumbo is not legit for me in terms of, of being the person to go to is because he's involved in every project. So that's not his role. So you, you need, mm -hmm. you know, big, pro big, big, big projects like All Day or or Top Shot. You need a, a single person, a specific person that will take full ownership and full leadership when things go wrong. Like Top Shot recently had another problem with a challenge reward. Okay. Um, mm. I think it was like the Donovan Mitchell or something. Like it only, it another only Donovan minted, Mitchell. Yeah. Right. It only minted halfway or something like that. One. And some people didn't get yeah. it.
but but nothing was said like there was we didn't know where to go i didn't i didn't have a, a you know a horse in that race but i i would have still loved to see who's in charge and i want to go to their twitter and i want to see them say something about it that's where we turn mm-hmm. to that builds confidence in in what you're doing when you know that someone has you know someone's in charge it's just like at work if my boss is a complete bozo and, and someone who can't do the basic things correctly which is you know communication and leadership and things like that then i won't respect that and the chances are i probably won't um you know abide by those same standards and i'll, I'll start doing whatever the hell i want and i feel like that's what's yeah. going on here is that you know people are being turned off because there is no leadership whether you know when jacob was around and he was in charge he took a beat down most of the time when things went yeah. wrong okay yeah I even went as far as saying, listen, someone needs to be fired. It's probably Jacob. We love the guy, but things are crazy right now. And these big mistakes keep happening. Somebody needs to take the hit for this. But at least somebody was in charge and we could vent our frustrations towards that person uh, and and just have that sense of security that we knew, hey, that person's in charge. They're at fault if something goes wrong. And that just makes you feel good. But right now, we have no idea, man. It's not Dumbo. He's like the community leader everywhere. He's not in charge of Top Shot. He's not in charge of all day. So now what? What's the statement from all day and Top Shot now that Dave Feldman has announced that he's gone? What's the statement? Is there a statement? Are we going to hear something? Probably not. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that that's what like bothers most people too, right? It's like, listen, it's it's normal for things to be bad. We're in tech. We're in crypto. Things will be bad, and it's nobody's fault. And and things are bad on Top Shot for a long time for other reasons like oversupply. Um, but people have historically said that the communications are bad. And I think, I think it's just this kind of like strange, like not acknowledging what's going on that I think is, is what really gives it a bad vibe. Right. And I'm not saying it has to be Roham out there acknowledging everything, but I think it's just basically like nobody ever said officially what happened to Janie and she clearly doesn't work there anymore. Like that's so, Mm -hmm. that's so obvious to everybody, but the part where they never were able to just come out and say it. I think is a huge problem. And that's, and that's like, listen, you want to talk sports, PR, media, that kind of stuff. Like nothing gets you on the road to redemption faster than admitting when you were wrong or when things are bad, you try and hide it. That's when you get in trouble. And I'll take, I'll take like cheating in baseball as a good, as, as a, it's, it's not a, it's not an accurate, it's not apples to apples comparison, obviously, but as an example of like, you can remember the players who took PEDs and tried to deny it for the longest time and then got caught, right. Or, or whatever. And eventually got approved, but kept denying it. But you can't pro- you probably can't remember the guys who when they were like, hey, did you take PEDs? They're like, yes, I did. You know, you got me. I'm done. Yeah. You know, like Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit. I remember. I think. No, wait. Who's who's the moose guy on the on the Yankees? Who's the pitcher on the Yankees? Oh, called moose? Um, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike. Um, oh, my God. Who was I, it that I, took steroids? No, no. Pettit? No, I don't remember Pettit. Was it Pettit? I don't know, man. There were so many in that era. There were so many in that era. Oh, what was his name? Anyways, Not Musina. The- Mike Musina. That's yeah. who. That's yeah, the moose. Not, the moose is who you're referring to. Mike Musina. No, 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 but it was it wasn't. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking it up. It was it was Andy Pettit who took apparently took like right, PDs right, to like right. for some elbow problem. And when they like they named him in the Mitchell report or whatever, they're like, "Hey, you're in the report." He's like, "I am. I'm really sorry for what I did." And then nobody ever right. talked about it again. But everybody only ever talked about the guys who tried to deny it for the longest time. They're like, "No, no, I was hitting home runs, but it was all me." And it was like so obviously not <laughs> right. So it's like I just think that coming out with the admission and really acknowledging when there's problems is incredibly vital to keeping the trust of the community and having people move on to whatever's next. Whereas like now it's like without ever having said, okay, Janie's gone. Then we will only, we will always talk about Janie. We're, it's going to be a running joke for the longest time because they never ended the story and they're the only ones who can end the story. So let's hope, 
let's hope, let's hope they can turn that around or something like oh, that. Uh, but Phil, we got to move on to the next topic, which is also about Dapper, uh, which is probably even worse problems than having bad communications, which is uh, the lawsuit. So we had the Dapper, uh, the the lawsuit against NBA Top Shot, Dapper Labs, and Roham. Uh, took another step forward in court last week. Just to recap really quickly, in case you did miss it, uh, basically a, a little under two years ago, a group set a class action lawsuit against Dapper Labs and Roham saying that NBA Top Shot were sold to securities even though they were not actually registered. And Dapper has since tried to get that dismissed. They asked the judge to like throw that lawsuit out. On Wednesday last week, the judge said, no, we're going to proceed with this. I think that there's merit here with this case that there may be reason to believe that these were sold as securities, unregistered securities. Not that they are. It didn't it didn't say that it's not confirming that they were. So there's no there's no bigger problem yet. But basically, the judge threw out the, the notion, the motion to dismiss. So they're going to go forward with whatever's next. I don't think they go to trial right away. There's probably a million different steps in lawsuits. This probably takes years and years and years. If you're dapper, you probably want to stretch this out. And you probably don't want to go to trial because then that would, you know, might result in people, you know, the judge needing to see Roham's emails and then they'd be public. And that's obviously, you know, a lot of confidential data that, that nobody wants out there. So they'd probably settle. Uh, what I will say, Phil, is that, you know, I did a quick emergency pod with Mike from Team Hold for this. And then I sent out a newsletter, wrote up a quick newsletter kind of explaining it. And this was our most read newsletter ever from the first minute. We've been sending newsletters out for two years. This was the one that by far had the biggest open rate, the most clicks ever out of anything. Phil D, first take on 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 the Dapper lawsuit. When you heard the news, when you found out about it, uh, and any initial thoughts there? Um. When I heard, and I kind of briefed through what I heard, and I consider myself a pretty smart guy, I didn't understand any of it. Like, honestly, I was like, I don't even know what any of this shit means. I don't. Yeah. Like, this whole yeah. securities and this and this and that, I think the average person was just like, I don't even know what any of this means. Like, somebody dumb it down for me and tell me what in the world they are suing Dapper Labs for. And the second thought that came to my mind is, is this an open lawsuit? Like, you know when you see those TV commercials, like, if you live in Hoover, <laughs> yes. Alabama, between 1981 and 1989, there was like a pig farm that was a class action lawsuit. That's a class. That's a class yes. action lawsuit. Like Aaron call Rogers. us uh, and yeah. you will yeah. be able to get something out of it. So first thing that came yeah. to mind is, oh, is this one of those where sure these three guys started it, but this will be open for anyone to jump on because then that becomes a big problem uh, for them for sure because you're, you're not going to have one person who doesn't jump on board with this and, and tries to get something out of it, right? Um, but yeah, no, I still don't really understand it. I did do quite a bit of reading about it and I read everything that was put out there. Uh, and now I, I, I do understand it a bit better, but I just, I don't really know what prompted these three to kind of start this. I know a lot of people threatened to, to sue Dapper Labs for a long time, mm -hmm. but what mm -hmm. prompted this? Like, when did this start and when, when was it actually filed? In, in, in the um, I think it, I think it was it was like in the spring of 2021 so shortly after like oh, top wow. shot boomed and then crashed a and I think I think then. the crash left a lot of people really angry and um as and I think a lot of people invest a lot of money I think we can all relate to that uh having bought things at the top and and having it go down which again like like that's normal in a market buying things when things go up and and having the market go down yeah. happens to a lot of people happens to people in the stock market the last year has happened many many times over years the problem is is that top shot is not a stock market right and it's never it's not registered as a stock market and when we first discovered it many of us said it was a stock market and even uh ag the one of the most notorious people in the community <laughs> brought up a tweet from jacob from october 1st 2020 which is the day that top shot went into beta and went like live public um saying it's the end it's a it's the end it's the nba meets the stock market 
right? So there's a lot of reason to believe that this was sold as like basically um, and it's some sort of investment platform, but it's not the part where you could trade NBA players like a stock market. That is the issue in this lawsuit. It's the part where basically um, if the company that was selling the NFTs failed, then so would the assets. And right. that makes you a security when that's registered. So basically, like, listen, if you're buying shares of Apple, you're investing in Apple. You're not you're not like buying an iPhone. Apple goes under your iPhone's like probably still works. And we'll get software updates, but it still works. It's still like a, a, a product that you're buying. It's not an investment in Apple. You buy Apple shares, and that basically means you're investing in Apple success. So the problem with the top shot moments is that basically whenever the marketplace would go down, it would render all, all the moments completely useless. And what these guys are saying is that the value of you buying the moments was not separated from mm. Dapper as a company, that it was the same right. thing, that basically you're buying these things. And if Dapper fucks up, your investment sucks, that it's dead. And that's basically what they're saying is that those two things are too wow. closely tied together. And an example that they cite, Phil, in, in the lawsuit is that a company like Tops which is there. You know, I heard that today. I was going to bring that up. Yes. I love yeah, that. Like cards, cards being traded is like, listen, the tops goes under tops cards still have value. And it's like you buy possibly the card increase in value. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Dep right? you know, it depends on the product. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, right. like tops, you buying tops was never like an investment into tops. Like you're not getting a share of tops. The value of tops is not related to uh, tops the company you are I mean obviously it is in some right. way but what they're saying is that in this case it was so directly related that that was bad and that's essentially like what these guys are saying and they're also saying that um, it's not it's it, and actually a really interesting part in the lawsuit is that the judge points out that it's actually not similar to other nfts because you think like hey listen right. 2021 like pretty sure every nft project said hey come buy some nfts you're investing in our company and you have a share of the company whatever um it's they're actually saying that it's not they're saying that um a lot of other nft projects were kind of clear about you know what it was whereas it was in the way in which dapper sold it and 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 told the story and told the narrative that was the issue and they specifically point out two tweets and this is this is crazy about it is if you read the whole document, they have screenshots of two tweets from NBA Top Shot at the time that are like, hey, this person just bought this. We sold all these packs like rocket emoji, stock market emoji, fire emoji uh, and saying that those those are bad. And now there's a lot of chatter about how that might even just this case alone, Phil, might set precedent for emojis being like a signal of financial return so that like a rocket emoji paired with like you know the little red chart emoji that that if you use that in a tweet you're telling people they can make money and that's actually like a funny little precedent that might be set with all this so i take that well, as you I, will but. i have to say i mean it caused a bit of drama not too much i mean people are kind of riled up like i said I, the, the most I really saw there was people asking, how can we join this lawsuit? You know, we actually ended up seeing people we haven't seen in months or even years on the platform <laughs> yeah. coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, I told you, yeah, I should be part of this. I want to be part of this. Um, but, you know, a little drama. I love it. It doesn't, you know, impact me whatsoever. I don't know that I'd be joining that anyways, even if I could. Um, and I don't know that it has any legs. I, I'm, I'm not sure. So we'll see where it goes. It, this, this could be really interesting to follow though, because this could, you know, this could set the tone for, for so many different things. Where people huh, yeah. feel the same way, right? Like I don't know. The judge has to be really careful. Where is this happening? Is this in New York? It's in New York. Yeah, it was filed in New York. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where it goes. And that's like. And that's where the other part I really pointed out in there was like, like, listen, this might not mean anything. Like, it's. It's not. It's not. Again, you know, I, I don't. I don't mean to keep falling back on this through the whole show, but it's like, it's not a. This is not 
abnormal for a tech company. Like tech companies get sued right. for tons of shit, you know, all the time. Like YouTube, Facebook, Google, they get sued to hell for a million different things and come out completely unscathed. Mm -hmm. Right. Think about 2016 election, uh, you know, where, you know, they all had to go to all these inquiries that you let Russians post all these like Hillary Clinton memes, all this kind of shit. Oh, and they God. literally had they literally had, you know, the app like the pictures of memes made by Russians of Hillary Clinton as like the devil and shit. And they were like, you let this happen on the platform. And they'd roll out Zuckerberg and all the guys from Google and all that kind of stuff. And, and those companies are still the literally the only companies that are worth a trillion dollars ever in the universe. So it's not this kind of stuff oh. is not too crazy. The problem that it'll be is that it could set the tone. Uh, it already has set the tone across the industry. Um, I personally know already of two projects uh, that were unannounced that were big sports IP projects. I, I obviously can't tell you what because it was under NDA um, that have canceled their plans for release because wow. of this. Because And it's not because the actual team putting together the project is like, oh, maybe we shouldn't. Their legal teams are like, no fucking way. Like, wow. no way are we launching anything even like you're talking NFTs right now. Absolutely not. Look at what's happening to the biggest company in the space. They're getting their asses sued. And the judge just said that, yes, those might have been securities. Anybody who's planning to sell anything as some kind of collection of anything right now is like, no, nope. <laughs> we're not doing anything until this I'm settles down or, yeah, or something. Because listen, legal teams control everything here, right? Like, and that's that's something that's that's very true. And um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Well, uh, another on that note, yeah, go ahead. on that note, I have a question for you. And I don't know if you watch this oh. on Netflix or not, LG, but oh. what do you, what is your take? Because this kind of reminds me of this. Should that kid, that Pepsi Points kid, got his jet? Did you watch that? <laughs> Where Pepsi? Where's my jet? I haven't watched it yet, but it's you need so to basically watch that, the just it, it, what's the yeah, summary? Is that like one because it was like collect like 10 million points and you'll get it. So we'll they ran a commercial. Game. They ran Pepsi ran yeah. a commercial. Because remember, we used to get those booklets in the mail. It, it, it ran in Canada as well, but it was a bit different in Canada. Yeah. They ran it in Canada. So Pepsi would send out a catalog. If you collected 500 Pepsi points, which you could find under caps of the bottles, you would get a t shirt. If you collected 10,000, you yes. would get, you know, a oh, jean nuts for jacket. Those. People yeah, went under crazy. the cap. I remember. Oh yeah, it I remember, wasn't like, realistic. I'm dumpsters okay? and shit for for bottles. Yeah, but but it just wasn't realistic because if you think about it, like 75 uh, of those little things was like, what you're gonna buy 75 oh, bucks sure. worth of Pepsi and then what what T-shirt yeah. cost 75 bucks? That's great. Five dollar T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. So they ran a commercial in the U.S. that showed a kid waking up in his room. Okay, mm -hmm. and he ended up. He jumps in a fighter jet, an F-16 or whatever it was. Not an F-16. They were very specific as to what it was. And he takes it to school. He arrives at school. All the kids run in the window like, oh, my God, look at him. And as he gets out of the jet, it says 7 million points at the bottom with no disclaimers, nothing. Okay. So this one wise guy, some young guy in the U.S. who climbs mountains for a living yeah. and does crazy stuff like that, decides he's going to collect 7 million points. He found a loophole to collect those 7 million points really, really fast, which included not buying that much product, but he did buy a lot of product. Um, How did he do and it? Then he went, How did he do it? There was some sort of multiplier where you could go online and do some kind of online entries. And mm. if you did it like a, you even back then. points, yes, you could even just do it online without mm. ever buying the mm -hmm. product and, and come up with, with, with tons of points. And he actually did it. Right. So he presented the points mm. to Pepsi and they told him to shove it. Okay. Well, he didn't accept that. He, he so he kept coming yeah. back, and he and and he got he he met up with a guy who was much older than him, another guy who likes to climb yeah. mountains because he was a tour guide up in the in the you know Himalayas or wherever they climb in Mount Mount Everest and oh. all that. So he met up with some huge investor that said, "I'll back yeah. you all the way. Take them to court or whatever." Mm. 
Um, anyways, that years and years and years later, he was offered at one point a settlement of a million bucks, but he didn't want that. He wanted the full value of this jet, which was like 40 or $50 million. So he didn't need the settlement. Obscene yeah. amount. And you can't even really get these jets. Like they, the military sells them or the military buys them in groups of like seven or eight jets. And you can't. Yeah. Like, they, you they sell them to other military. You sell them to other governments. You sell them to That's other right. governments. You know, they're yeah. not for civilian purchases. But the it's Pentagon, not, not retail product. the Pentagon actually told him because they inquired with the Pentagon before even going this far. No. That as long as it doesn't have any weapons on it, like that fire bombs and <laughs> rockets and stuff, you're actually no. allowed to own it. Yes. So their goal was to, to get this fighter jet. They didn't want the money. They wanted the fire jet uh, so yeah. that they could rent it out to air shows and make a business out of it. Right. Oh uh, so it, it went to the furthest extent. And the more it went on, the more kind of Pepsi went after them and, and made life hell for them. And they ended up getting nothing. They got absolutely nothing. Um, they came out with the judge ruled against them and okay. they came out with absolutely nothing. So should have taken the million bucks the first year in four or yeah. five years later yeah. when they finally ended they got nothing and uh it is what it is but like the, the the reasoning for the judge was that no one except you mr whatever believed that there was really a fighter jet part of this yeah. promotion yeah that is ridiculous months. yeah it's not even yeah. in the catalog pal it's one commercial and then they even referenced canada they said when the commercial ran in canada after this all started they had a disclaimer at the bottom this time saying that it's not real but they started that after the lawsuit or whatever. But they actually sued the guy first before he could even sue them. So hmm. they 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 were on top of it. They went they 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 went to the court in their hometown in New York, uh, where their home base is, and, and they were all over it. So Pepsi actually got on top of it and, and came out with nothing. This kid just wouldn't go away though. He just kept coming back for more. And it's a pretty chaotic story. Annoying. Man. It's fun to watch. He wanted to be <laughs> annoying like and prove a point, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but let's be honest, it, it would have been life changing money if if he ended up. Winning. Yeah. Well, honestly, so, that's probably you know what I will say about that is that I don't think that anybody's going to be able to prove that uh, nobody else thought they could make money except for these people because right. I think definitely a lot of people thought that they were investing in the success of the product. So I think that that part's true. Uh, what I will say is that very similar to the case you just described. You know, I don't think anybody's ever doing giveaways, stuff like that, of go collect all these points to oh, win a jet because no. everybody stopped doing that. So make sure the prizes are real is probably something. But I'm serious. Oh, that's probably man. something that came out of that because Pepsi Spot probably sent millions and millions and millions defending that case. Right. So I think that that, even though it's ridiculous, definitely set a precedent of like, hey, you can't market contest by telling people they're going to win something that doesn't exist. Right. So I think that that, if anything, that that's probably exactly changed it. like the, the contest that probably significantly changed like McDonald's monopoly, which has its own insane story. Oh, about, yeah, like, no, we're not going there. That, that, that one pisses me off um, big time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, like so I, uh, last thing I'll say for this story. Um, thanks Phil for the five minute anecdote about Pepsi. Where's my jet? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a story. So this is actually really helpful for me because now I don't, I don't have to watch the documentary now. No, you do. <laughs> you actually still, still have to watch Um, the, the last part I wanted to point out, we put this in the newsletter last week too, was that on the same day, Wednesday, which was the day the lawsuit moved forward and then also that the layoffs were announced at Dapper Labs, um, Roham did send out an email that was leaked to Dapper Labs investors, to their group of investors, basically describing like, okay, here's what happened. Here's our positioning on it. Um, and then he talked about the executive team that had recently been promoted to kind of be like, you know, be, be charting the course of the future of Dapper Labs. So his, you know, obviously a really optimistic tone what I found was most interesting is that he actually outlay, outlined um, their their top line sales for each year. 
to pretty much show that 2022 was still a pretty healthy year. I don't know what 2023 is going to look like, but he said uh, for transparency, our top line sales, which comes from packs and 5% of marketplace and wallet fees over the past three years is 2020, $5 million, 2021, $167 million, and 2022, $135 million. So really trying to show off to investors that in the long run, like, listen, they've made a buckets of money in two out of the three years since people started heavily investing. I don't know if I don't know if he's gonna be able to report the same thing for 2023 because 2023 because some packs are, are struggling to sell, but we're still early in the year, only the end of February so far. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting to to get a look at how they kind of like relay their finances back to to investors uh, there from from Rohem. So, anyways, last thing I'll say, actually, one more thing I want to say, Phil, is uh, with those tweets, with that precedent being set on the tweets, um, I do feel partially responsible for that, mainly because. Uh, if you remember some of the very early first mint tweets, which you helped write, you helped write a lot of them uh, as well, was that we became like emoji masters <laughs> of basically oh, wow. like here, like how to lay out emojis, how to use the rocket and how to use the, the chart. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that maybe that's something that influenced Top Shot, you know, who was running the top, top Shot account to start using emojis the same way we were. I don't know if they were using them that way at that at the time, but I feel like first mint was one of the first ones to use emojis in that way and who knows phil maybe we had maybe we had part of that maybe uh maybe you and i are, are, are partial a small reason to blame for uh potential emoji financial not, regulation do coming. not include our names don't even give that idea because <laughs> i saw i saw drake recently being uh part of a, a a lawsuit in in the death of another rapper who said if ever i die it was drake okay and, and then the guy got <laughs> shot like a few days later. And now Drake actually has to go what? to court for this when he had absolutely nothing to do with it. The guy was just oh, saying stupid no. stuff. So, yeah, so yeah. don't drag her name. But I will say this. When I was taking care of some of the early tweets, because I was just like, you know, I can help out with the tweets and stuff like that. I would write, like, I would use the entire character limit, which was all mm -hmm. words and letters. And I would use maybe five emojis. And I would always send it to LG right before tweeting it. And I think we spent over an hour trying to fix the emojis that we were using to be the proper ones. Not the words. Nothing in there was wrong. But, hey, you wrote yeah. 6 p.m. Why is there not a clock in front of it? There needs to be a clock in front of it. <laughs> you wrote $25 with the dollar sign. There needs to be the emoji of the dollar. Or the money, money bag. I, ever since then, I've, if you look at all my tweets, they all have emojis. Ever since that, I've been yes. using emojis ever since that. It's like a trend. Firm so believer right. in a firm believer in emojis and emoji science i'm a firm believer and i don't think anybody else is like this of consistent emoji use so whenever you talk about the same stuff you should like i came remember at the time i came up with emojis for each set on top yes. shot i was like okay if yes. it's throw down it's like the explosion one if it's cool cats it's this cat not another cat this cat you know so i had a very specific uh mandate back then and, and still kind of do now a, a little bit more relaxed but hey listen emoji science definitely helps uh you know uh, tweets succeed and, and social media content succeed and in this case uh we might see first of its kind regulation for for uh for uh, financially suggestive emojis uh phil let's move on to the third topic of the day uh let, we've had a lot this is this has all been kind of downer stuff um to talk about lawsuits and people leaving dapper so it's you know there's not there's only so many positive things to say there let's look at the sports schedule because this week um a brand new product well not brand new product but a, a new a new intellectual property that is pretty big in the sports world launches for the first time in nfts uh, the PGA is coming to DraftKings Rainmakers. I have never really touched 
DraftKings Rainmakers. I can't stand the look and vibe of the marketplace, to be totally honest with you. It's just kind of like ugly. Um, but I do know that Rainmakers was very, very popular for this past NFL season. Uh, I think it's mildly popular for UFC Strike. We don't have any data on it at the first one. It's really, really hard to pull data. So I can't tell you what their sales look like. But from what I understand, they are pretty big. And information just came out last Friday for PGA Rainmakers. So, Phil, uh, how about this? I'm going to read to you what the details are for the pack drops and stuff <laughs> like that. And you tell me if it's something you're actually interested in. Because I know, Phil, that you are a huge, you know, obviously a huge golf fan. Uh, it's something I'm open in, open to being. I love playing sports like through NFT. So it's something I'm, I might be I might be into. But uh, maybe we can go through the pack details first before we make any 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 major decisions. Let's hear it. I love it. We're, okay. we're, we're approaching a really big time in golf right now with the Masters coming up. So they're, they're actually picked the right yeah. time to do it. Uh, there's been a few yes. big tournaments already this year, but nothing as big as what the Masters is going to be. And um, we're already seeing commercials, right? That song Georgia comes on and people get excited. It's springtime. and I, yeah, I, I'm right. excited. I know nothing about this drop. Um, so I'm excited to hear. Okay. So this is all on Rainmakers, which is built on Polygon. Uh, and it's all, and you can only really use these in the Rainmakers marketplace, which is all in USD. So just have that as a caveat in, in advance. Um, what I will say positive about Rainmakers is that they do have cash prizes, right? This is DraftKings. So these are set up exactly like fantasy sport, uh, like their DFS competition. So it's very standard. So it should be, I think that that's another reason driving a lot of the adoption is it's really easy for people to play. It's mirrors what they currently do. Um, so they are, they are selling quite a few different things. The first thing they're going to do is on March 6th, which will be, I think Monday next week. When's the players start? When's the players tournament? The following weekend, two weekends from now. I think, right? When is that? What's that? Which one? The the, the players yeah. tournament. Like that's the that's the first one, right? Players the players championship. Sorry, yeah, players well, championship the, the, starts March 9th, right? It's March 9th to twelfth, right? So yeah, yeah. it's not next, it's not a major, next, but it's it's a big tournament. Yeah, sorry, it's, you know, it's 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 like the first big tournament of the year. Yes, yes, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Monday, so next Monday, March sixth, uh, Rainmakers is going to be dropping a free pack. Okay, it's a free pack. You get eight core cards, which is, I think, the very, very, very basic tier of them. Uh, every pack that's you get, you get one free pack as like a person. Um, and in there, you get one champion golfer. Okay, so one, I guess, good golfer. So you or past champion. So Tiger Woods, Rory McElroy, Justin Thomas, uh, John Ram, like a few other guys like that. Okay, so you get one of those guys. Um, and for that, you you basically participate in like the starter competitions and there's $10,000 per week of prizes that you can win from that. And you can set three guys per lineup. And also they've hinted that those cards, you'll be able to craft and burn them and do all this other kind of fun shit. But that's like the very base. I think you can also buy core cards in some way, but that's like, that is the base, base, base layer. And Phil, I'm telling you that because I know you're the cheapie at these mm -hmm. ones. So that's, I think that that's where Phil's going to play. Um, <laughs> on top of that, they are also selling on March 6th uh, Genesis packs, um, which I believe are packs where you can buy, uh, which come with rarer cards. Okay, so they have, like everything else, they have different tiers of cards. They have core, which is the basic ones we just talked about. And then they have like elite, rare, legendary, and rainmaker, which are like super, super rare. So a lot of different tiers. But basically on March 6th, they sell these cards. You can play them this entire year. So they're only good for 2023. There's 209 golfers in there. 
Uh, and then you can enter those into different contests every week. Basically, every, like literally every week of the season, because there's there's golf every week of this every weekend. Basically, um, there's somewhere between like 150 to 250 grand of prizes for both like the core, which is the stuff you play with the free stuff, um, and the other like and all the other tiers. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot where you can win, and those those prizes go up at the major championships uh like wells fargo pga memorial uh travelers us open like there's there's quite a lot of them where it's like it's 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 a much bigger pool of prizing uh what else i'm gonna say there's also uh, uh, uh oh sorry those genesis packs uh this is the part that's really interesting phil how much do you think those packs cost how like the how genesis many are, for like how many, the rare in, cards how many golfers like do you get in oh, the genesis uh you get you get five cards so there's two tiers of pack, and I'll let you guess what the prices are. So there's the five there's five cards in one of them, which is the Genesis Birdie, and you're incl- you get guaranteed one rare. And then the next one is the Genesis Eagle Pack, where you get five cards and you're included in including one legendary. How much do you think either one is priced at? I'll go with ninety nine bucks. Or my what about off. the Genesis one, the one that's guaranteed legendary? How much do you think? Oh, that's priced okay. At? Sorry, I didn't hear that guaranteed legendary. I was going. I was actually yeah, referring yeah, so, to that one. So um, I'll go with okay, two ninety nine. No, no, no. Two ninety nine. Okay. So the Genesis Birdie, which is which is guaranteed one rare, is one ninety nine ninety nine. Okay. All right. So five cards, including one rare, and the Genesis Eagle, which is uh, five cards, including guaranteed a legendary, is nineteen ninety nine ninety nine. Two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollar packs. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) which again, there's utility all year. For sure. But right. if you land a legendary of, I don't even know what the most obscure shitty golfer is, but that's very possible if you pay two grand for that, uh, that you're going to get that. Uh, not, not the greatest thing. They're also selling, they're not, I'm not done, I'm not done telling you the stuff that they're selling. They're selling, selling something called a Green Pass, which starts this Wednesday, March 1st to 5th. Uh, they're 150 bucks each. It's, there's 3,000 of them total. So I guess kind of limited supply where it gives you a boost for a lot of your cards through the season and then a bunch of other utility that I read through the list. The utility like doesn't really make sense. Like it's, it's, it's stuff we don't know about yet. It's like access to other drops, uh, qualifying for special tournaments, like that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, well, I guess the, the conclusion here, Phil, is that participating in PGA Rainmakers uh you know there is a low tier option for the newbies but maybe not something uh you know maybe not something for the people in the the hundred dollar range maybe something a little bit more expensive so it's kind of aimed to the dfs crowd to kind of jump into that as well the ones who have a ton of balance in DraftKings, and you know for me it's become a great point lg because we dfs is now banned in uh in In ontario Ontario. yeah so and, and you know what the worst part is is most of the sites where things like that are banned you can use a vpn and still use them DraftKings mm. has blocked every single possible IP on the VPNs that no matter <laughs> I I picked the most obscure places still trying to play my $5 weekly lineups in NFL and stuff and and even the most obscure places in the world they block you and say we know you're in Ontario don't lie <laughs> so I'm like okay man why nobody else goes to that extent to block us out like you know mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to do to be honest with so many sites but DraftKings goes mm-hmm. to this some other extent to really, really crack down on that stuff. And it's kind of taken the fun of it. I'm not driving to Quebec every week or to Michigan or any of those places just to put in my lineups. I know some people do. So that. does that does that include Rainmakers then for you? It does. We're not allowed so. to play Rainmakers. Yes, correct. But you can play so rare. 
I can play Sorare. I know. And I didn't want to say anything mm. because I'm like, that's another form of DFS. But no one's caught on yeah. to that. And said, my very first question, and I never brought it up again when, when we did that show on Sorare, is are we allowed to yeah. play uh, in Ontario? And, and yeah. then I realized, oh, oh, wait a sec. I better not even open that can of worms because what if their legal team kind of looks into that and is like, oh, yeah, we can't do that, right? It's yeah. weird. I don't know how they're allowed to do it, but I'm not going to keep asking that question. Maybe I just screwed myself over right now. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's really annoying. It really is. It's just greed all around from, like, governments and stuff trying to, you know, get you to play their games and limit what you're allowed to do. It's complete BS. And um, it's just I don't want to have to go through all of that to, to actually make it happen. Like, what am I going to say? Hey, <sighs> LG, let me yeah. call LG up for a second here. Actually, funny stories is I was in the States and I couldn't get onto whatever website it was. And I mm-hmm. asked my daughter, I said, hey. You're still in Canada. Can you just go on there and, and do whatever? And then the account got blocked. They're like, uh, we see you in two different places in the span of like five oh, minutes. No. I'm like, well, since you guys don't let me from here, I got my daughter yeah. to log in. And they're like, you can't yeah. do that. That's multi-account use or something like that. So oh my God. it's very it's very annoying. I'm not going to lie, right? I don't like restrictions. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of ruins it for me. Like, what am I going to do with Rainmaker? I can't do anything. So but you can't play Rainmaker then? You can't play can't. Rainmaker? No, I can't. Unfortunately, I can't. We were. It's. Oh, I mean, we so had DFS for ten years here or more, and then all what of a sudden, happened? It took why? It away. Is it, why? Why? So why the, the rule was with the Canadian government, or sorry, the Ontario yeah. government, was that when these websites like DraftKings and FanDuel opened their sports betting casinos, okay, that they were not allowed to offer DFS anymore. It had to just be the casinos, and then we would figure out the DFS later. Because it yeah. had been DFS only. There was no casinos here before for anything like, you know, no DraftKings, no MGM, no FanDuel. Right. That didn't exist here. It was all Canadian, Ontario government, whatever. Um, but now that they brought their casinos here, the the part of the agreement was, and I still don't really understand why, I'm sure some expert could kind of touch on this, um, was that you, if we were bringing gambling, sports gambling to Ontario legally through all these casinos, they were not allowed to offer DFS anymore. That was out the window. Mm. And they screwed everybody over because that's what most people enjoy, right? That's it's it's a simple, you know, it's it's not the same. People say it's the same, but it's not. A, for me, there's a huge difference between sports gambling and playing DFS, which is fantasy football, which is kind of what you play all year round with your friends, anyways. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think it has much less of an impact on people than than gambling can have. So a little bit of a shocking move when when they did that kind of stuff, and um, disappointing. Not not gonna lie, but hey, I'm still intrigued. Right. Maybe I can call you right. and be like, hey, set my lineups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, man, yeah. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if it, is it legal in BC. Can we do it out here at West? I don't think so. I thought I only know, Ontario. I, I think only Ontario. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, I don't yeah. even. I don't even know why we talked about it on the show. Anyways, you know what? How about this? Let's let, let's move on to the next thing. But uh, for anybody out there who's listening, if you, uh, what I want to know actually is, uh, if you played Rainmakers at, at any point in the past, like through the first NFL season or through UFC stuff. Please let us know. Please write in because I want to know what your experience was like. So if you have played it, uh, please let us know if it's something you've enjoyed because something we haven't really done too much of. I just found out that Phil's not even allowed from doing it, so Phil's been totally banned from playing DFS on on Rainmakers. So that's a bit of a that's a bit of a downer. So probably get a little less coverage on our show. But I want to hear from you guys. Uh, let us know if it's something that you have played a lot of. Uh, and with that, Phil D, something I forgot to do early in the show. Let's take a pause for a word from our sponsor. Watch, play, earn, redeem. It's that simple. In the newest game from Bleacher Report. During NBA on TNT, test your trivia knowledge, and for every correct answer, you can earn BR tokens. BR tokens may unlock future access to limited quantities of real-world and digital assets, which are planned to be made available via an online marketplace. Terms apply. See BRW2E 
Wow. 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 What wow. A voice. Add right in the podcast. All right. Uh, Phil, 30 days away, MLB opening day. How big, where, where is baseball in your pantheon of sports? Like where, where, like if you're ranking sports in terms of stuff that you're interested in, where's baseball in there? It's pretty high up there. I think it's also because my daughter's so into baseball now in terms of like Jays and all sports like that, that we go to so many games together that, um, you know, I don't really usually go to sporting events. I don't mind watching on TV. I like to go when it's chaotic, but she loves going to games. So I take her all the time to all sorts of, you know, junior hockey games and Leafs games and, and anything we can really. But baseball, for some reason, has really caught her attention. She's interested. So, you know, baseball is such a long season that I think the the, the peak of the excitement is usually at this time of the year, right? Um, yes. You know, spring training has started. The World Baseball Classic is coming up, which I actually am very interested in. I saw Canada's roster, and it was better than I thought it would be. A lot more players on there um, that play at a high level than, than I even knew about, which is kind of crazy because that's what I collect. Like Freddie Freeman is actually playing for Canada at the at the mm-hmm. World Baseball Classic, right? Which I knew he was part of the Canadian national team, but I'm just like, man, he's got dual citizenship. So how could a guy like that not mm-hmm. want to play for the U.S.? He'd easily be on the American team uh, and, mm-hmm. and be a pretty big member of it, right? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, pretty excited about that. And and you know, you know how it is, LG. You've been in, you've been in enough Toronto Blue Jays home openers where it's a complete like shit show. <laughs> it's a shit um, show. Where where it's, an it's funny. disaster. Because those who don't know, they, they sell out the very first game, the home opener, to like, what, 50,000 mm-hmm. seats? And then the next night is like 19,000. As many, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seats are empty. So I'm yeah, sure, hype, you know, I'm sure a lot of cities are like that, too. So oh, everywhere. It's like that everywhere, and 100%. Yeah. Like, every sports league is like that, right? Where it's like, you know, you max, max, you have peak interest at the very start. Uh, that then t- tapers off unless your team is the, one of the best. You know, what? Well, so that, I think that's kind of normal. Yeah. We've actually discussed something we'd like to do, something in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years together, oh. uh, is we would love to kind of maybe try and see every Major League Baseball ballpark. I know a lot of people do it. Not, it's not, not you an and easy me. Thing You're talking about you and you and your daughter. Yes, correct. And 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 going yeah, to, me. you know, every pop. Well, you've been to way more ballparks than I've been to. That's for sure. that was the thing for <laughs> a long true, time. Yeah. And you've got some, yeah, some pretty yeah. wild pictures and videos of, of you in ballparks. Um, but, but it, it's weird. It's weird how baseball kind of, you know, captures that interest in you more than other sports. Like I love the NFL a lot more than I love baseball and I love the NHL more than I love baseball, but I don't have any interest in going to every single arena or stadium in the NFL. I don't really care. There's actually something really special about baseball stadiums and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that you're not paying attention to the game, the entire game, and you can kind of enjoy where you are, right? As opposed to when you're going to a hockey game, you're dialed in the whole time. Football, you're definitely dialed in. You're never just sitting there bored looking around saying, hey, look how cool this city is, right? Um, a good example is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know mm-hmm. you know what people say mm-hmm. about Pittsburgh? Nobody wants to go to Pittsburgh. But if you've been to Pittsburgh Man. and you've been to their ballpark, you're just like, yeah. wow. What a PNC Park is one of the nicest this parks I've ever been to, if not the best one. It's amazing right? there. It's so nice. Like stadium, right man. field, I love it. right field has like five five rows in it, and then it drops off onto like you see like the water and the skyline. Like it's such oh, a it's beautiful. beautiful. I was really impressed when I went to Pittsburgh, and this is a long time ago. It was like fifteen or sixteen years ago. I road trip down to Pittsburgh, but I was really impressed because I always heard it was a freaking dump, and it was not at all. It was a beautiful little city, city like in the in the hills there. Uh, had a great time staying at the Motel Six. Uh, and ordered some dominoes oh with my buddies. <laughs> we went to actually, here's a funny story for you about when I went to Pittsburgh uh, to completely detract from talking about candy or so rare before I get to my story about getting timed out in the discord. Uh, when I went to Pittsburgh, 
we uh we were there and and i was there with a bunch of buddies and you know we we're pretty young at the time and 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 i had a buddy then who worked he worked at um urban outfitters is that a no not urban outfitters is that a store anyways some some clothing store stitches no not stitches no some some fucking clothing store North they had. it was like the hot clothing store back in like 2007 that they had in every city and he was like a manager there and he's like yo you know what we're gonna do to figure out where to go party in pittsburgh is we are gonna go to the urban outfitters in in pittsburgh and go ask the people there where's a good bar to go out to and we're like dude that is the dumbest thing i've ever That's heard <laughs> we get to pittsburgh and he's like all right let's go to it we go to the urban outfitters and like literally he walks right up to the counter to this like surfer looking dude. And he's like, Hey man, I'm the, I'm the, you know, I manage a store back in Toronto. We're just visiting here. Where's a cool place to go out. And the bartender, or not bartender, um, the, the cashier, he's like, Oh, you know what? I'm actually a bartender at a bar on Saturday nights. And it was a Saturday night. And he's like, you should come. To, I'll put you on the list. You should come to the, my bar. We're like, Oh wow. That shit, that actually works. And we go to this bar and we walk in and it's kind of normal, like kind of country bar. And there's a huge ass timer on the wall that is like, you know, this it's like eight o'clock or something like that. Or no, it's not. It's like 10 and the timer says is like counting down from two hours. And we, we see our, we see our guy, like the hookup from the freaking store. And he's like, and we ask him, we go, Hey, what, what is the timer for? And he goes, when that gets to zero, it rains in here. And then he oh, like God. gives a bunch <laughs> of plastic bags and he wasn't kidding. Literally at midnight, they turn on the fucking sprinklers in the wow. bar and you just get drenched. <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck, man? And the wow. worst part is my, my passport got wet. And my, so my passport is all like, I might, you know, you're traveling, you have your passport on you, right? You're traveling across the border. So it's like, I had my, my passport was soaked after it. I was like, shit, I hope I can get back into the freaking country. My shoes oh. were wet. We went to the game the next day, like still like wet. Like it was messed up, man. Uh, but hey, that was, that was my experience in P Pittsburgh. So a hell of a place to party. I had a great time. That's what I'm saying. People just don't know this. And there's something about baseball and attending baseball stadiums that just brings out the best in cities. I mean, you can't say that about every city, but they're they're just different. And I, I really do believe it's because you don't pay attention to the whole game. You kind of appreciate the scenery more, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to do that. And it's, it's the time of the year. It's the summertime, right? So you can travel a lot easier. You can drive a lot of places and you can kind of just enjoy uh, what you're doing while doing it. So maybe we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's it's, it's not really, you know, a realistic you, goal, you, but yeah, we'll see. What are, you, what are your current thoughts on Candy Digital? I mean, like, okay, so, so Candy is, oh, no. is, is one of those where, I mean, it's no secret that I am not a Gary V fan. Okay. I've, I've been pretty vocal about that. I don't make, I don't really go on Twitter and say that or anything because I don't care, but if people ask, I'll say it. Um, so anything he backs, I usually stay away from. I just, I don't, there's something about, it. I don't like this guy. And to me, mm -hmm. I, I have a pretty good radar when something's off with people and something's off with him. Uh, but I'll leave it at that. That's a whole other story. I know a lot of people support him, so I don't want to step on people's toes with that kind of stuff. But I'm not a fan of his. Uh, I think extremely creepy behavior and, and a lot of things like that. But anyways, that's not my point here. But with Candy, it's like, where are we going with this? I, I am enjoying the platform because I'm collecting what I like. I feel like a kid again, collecting these weird baseball cards and keeping them. I collect all the J stuff. I love the play of the day. I love that there's video highlights. But they haven't upgraded their their marketplace. Like, you know, as much as we talk about Top Shot, it, the, the, the platform itself on Top Shot is still the best. 
It is in terms of the marketplace yeah. Oh, yeah. and everything oh, yeah. you can do on there. It's fantastic. And it actually enhances. Oh, the product is amazing. Absolutely. The product's amazing. Right. And it kind of makes up for some of the other stuff. And that's why we still love it mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But candy, I still feel like, man, like I, I can't even look at my collection and, and feel proud of my collection because I don't even know what's going on here. It doesn't show me my sets. It doesn't show me what I'm missing. I, it's just mm-hmm. for me, there hasn't been enough you know, building like they, I keep seeing NASCAR stuff and Netflix stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, for me, it's, you know, for me and you know this, I give up on things pretty easily. I don't have a lot of patience mm-hmm. and I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. lately for me. Sorrier has just not hit the spot. I've kind of not given up mm-hmm. on it uh, for ba- for basketball. I mean, I've kind but of candy just, can't are you for so rare. So rare. You're talking for, for so rare. I'm kind of just like, man, yeah. you know, what? I'm a little bored now. You know me when I get bored, I don't do a full bailout, but I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. I'm on pause now. I'm not. Really that's normal, though. I think that's normal. So, I think I think in this current like NFT market, it's like, listen, things aren't going to moon. Things aren't going to pop off, at least in the sports world. Like that's not realistic anymore. So it's like it's up to these products to keep something like really attractive and fun. Right. And it's like it, they can be a, a you know collectibles platform. But it's like I don't know if there's like a proven market for that. Right. Like every something like candy is basically just a carbon copy of Top Shot. Right. It's on a right. chain that uh, that's called Palm. There's just kind of the shitty side chain from Ethereum that does not work very well. You can't do anything with the assets. It's not being like developed the same way that Top Shot is being integrated into Flow, which for all the misgivings there, it's like, well, it's still being part like people built all these tools around Top Shot and around Flow. Like there's Evaluates, there's Floaties, OTM. Like there's a lot of other stuff out there that's built in the ecosystem. Um, Candy is like literally here's here's digital bas- baseball cards like the other stuff you like. Um, and it's on a platform that doesn't like work as well. And like you're saying, it's kind of confusing where it's like the same platform has like Netflix and NASCAR and stuff. So it's a bit strange. Uh, so I don't know. And baseball also as a whole, Phil, like Phil's baseball's on the decline, right? Like baseball already has a problem trying to get viewers. Uh, we saw this past weekend, we saw some of those new rule changes come into effect where you had like a, you know, they're trying to speed up the, the, the pitchers and the batters, which was insane. You saw that, right? Obviously the, who was it that got called the strike bottom of the ninth. Two outs, base is loaded. Count, bases loaded, tie game, and uh, who was? I don't know who the batter was, but they didn't. They haven't. Basically, the if, if for people who don't know, the new rules in baseball this year are that they have an actual counter for the pitcher, right? So there's a huge counter behind home plate uh, that says that starts at 15 seconds as soon as the pitcher basically gets the ball back, and it's to speed them up. So you're, every baseball broadcast you're going to watch this year is going to have a giant ass clock. Every candy thing that they release this year is going to have a giant ass clock in the highlight. Uh, and it's basically they have 15 seconds to throw the ball to try and speed up the game, trying to get broadcast from being three and a half hours to like two and a half hours. What they've also done, though, is they have added a uh, a batter count where the batter has eight seconds to be in the box ready and looking, looking at the pitcher. Like the batter's head has to be like turned and looking at the pitcher. The other day, uh, I forget which game it was, but like bases loaded, full count, two outs, bottom of the ninth, the guy's up and he did not turn his head quickly enough to look at the, the pitcher ridiculous. and he got Absolutely called ridiculous. out on a strike. He was given a strike as a penalty. And even the catcher, Phil, for the defending team, wasn't ready he was still standing there like neither guy was ready yeah. uh and already so so anyways you're shaking your head what i'm Terrible. saying I don't, I don't want to go into that but what i'm saying is that mlb is clearly trying to spice up the game make it more interesting make it faster um so i think traditional baseball products are going to struggle a little bit because naturally interest is declining right so i don't know candy i know there's a lot of hardcore candy people out there but their weekly average buyers right now is like 230. Uh, you'd hope that a season, a week before the season starts, that it would it would start to tick up. Uh, and this, and it's the same number on SoRare, same number on SoRare MLB, like uh, under 300 weekly buyers right now. They have not yet announced their plans for the season. 
Um, although they did make a pretty big change last week, which is where my tell, tell us about di- di- the Discord Discord story comes into it. So, okay, oh, okay, we go. okay, more story. So, so <laughs> now it's time to hear about it. So basically, uh, how StoryWare works for people who haven't played it is that every uh, current season's cards, because you buy cards, you play them in fantasy. Uh, every current season's cards get a boost for that season and it's to basically like make them make them attractive to buy that's how they keep people buying every year so uh it's you know for this current season if you're playing nba so rare and you get a, a basic card you get a five percent boost on it if you get a rare card you get a 15 percent boost at the end of the season that boost goes away right and then and then but then but then you can also um those cards also collect experience points XP, which then gives you a boost over time. So there's, there's a good reason to buy early cards from the start and to hold them for a long time, because over time you'll have the most experience points from playing them. Um, last year I've been studying MLB so rare for a while now for a couple months and, and, and I've been buying a lot uh, in anticipation of a, a, what I'm hoping is going to be a really big rollout and a really big marketing push. Basically last season, they didn't start until the end of July. And so they only had like one third of a season. They gave all those cards the appropriate boosts, right? Five and 15% and whatever for each level. And they had not said yet what would happen to the boost. Everybody assumed that it would go away, which is normal for the start of the season. But some people argued like, listen, hey, we only had this for two months. It's kind of silly to lose that boost because then there'll be no reason to hold the series one cards. Uh, And last week out of nowhere, with no announcement, no blog, not even anything from the Twitter or Discord account, that bonus was removed and me and other people took issue to it in discord we talked about it i think this was on thursday we're like hey what's going on with that and and we're pretty much told like you know who cares you know you'll find out more soon but we don't have anything to say from the community (laughs) the next morning on the friday i came back in there again being like hey what's going on you know and one one of the one of the community leads basically said something like, wow, like this is so yesterday to talk about this. Like, can we just move on and look forward to baseball season, please? And I kind of took issue with that where I was like, hey, listen, like you're, you know, you can't really say that. Uh, I forgot what exactly I said. It's probably, it was way more aggressive than that, but it was basically like, 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 I, I pretty much like made fun of him by, by saying like, you know, how, how dare our community hold us accountable Um, and that kind of started this back and forth between me and him and like a few other community members on both sides where he was like, man, I'm so he's just same message. He's like, I'm tired of people bringing this up. Like, let's just talk about something else. And I was like, no, like, you know, and and I, then I started saying that, you know, he had a bad attitude. I was like, listen, you have a bad attitude. Like you can't just, I told, I called him dismissive. I was like, you're being really dismissive of my concerns and other people's concerns. Like, yeah, it's yesterday's news, but there's no news. You haven't said anything else. Um, and then, and then more messages were ex- exchanged. And then the new community manager, who's another person that no one's ever heard from, uh, came in there, John, and timed me out. Was like, I'm going to come here and calm <laughs> things down. And, and timed wow. me out for 24 hours. I wasn't allowed to post anything in there. Uh, which I'm pretty sure I was the only person who was timed out. So I wasn't very happy about that. Uh, I did. I then I was like, maybe I do need to cool off. But at the same time, I think that that's like a, just a terrible, terrible look. I was like, I didn't say anything aggressive. Like I didn't, I didn't start swearing or anything. Like obviously we're having some fun in the discord and, and you know, everybody, you know, me and the other community members. Like we do in every going, single discord. Yes. Like every discord where it's just like, well, if there's nothing else to talk about, like, let us talk about this. But I think it's like a bit of a strange look to start muting people for saying, Hey, you know, your community rep is being dismissive towards me. So anyways, I'm not happy about that. And I don't know. I was planning to write a lot of content about MLB so rare once they had their stuff out. And, and, and now I, I'm not, I don't know. It's not that, it's not that I don't want to cover it, but it's definitely, 
it has significantly changed my opinion of like how they're doing things there. I know that so rare uh, historically has struggled with community. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to kind of like turn that into something positive. I do. I do really, I just can't stand when a, a community is like, Hey, your concerns don't matter anymore. I think that that's just a terrible look. So that's my, that's my discord uh, MLB story. I agree. Like, honestly, it's just not the way to approach things, but I think at the same time, I think we're at a stage right now where there's so so much of a lack of interest for people to run discords and, and finding even people willing to do that kind of stuff. Or, or because I'm sure a lot of these projects, it's hard to pay people these days, big money. Or like it, it's, the money's not flowing the way it used to be. So rare. Is, I'm not saying that it's not, but I, and I also don't think the MLB is a priority for them. I think they just kind of ruled it out because they could. And I don't think that the big wigs over there have kind of turned their focus to it just yet. We're in the prime no. time soccer season right now soccer is their big money maker it is the big money maker of sports nfts right now if you look at the numbers lg and you post them almost on the first minute account every week soccer rules right now big time in this market mm -hmm. um so their focus is there and we're we're in prime mm -hmm. soccer season right now to the point where i even oh, have yeah. a feeling that mlb is just going to be kind of on the side for now for so rare whether you like it mm -hmm. or not i think that that's where we're heading with this Right. And then oh, once soccer is yeah. kind of done, which is not till June or July, uh, then then maybe there'll be more focus put on, on MLB. But that doesn't excuse. I mean, if you've got a product out there, you have to be on top of things. And and I know it's it, you know, it shouldn't be too much to ask for um, to, to get some more information in this case, because we've been discussing this for a long time. Right. Like we've yeah. been on this for a while now. Now it's really approaching and then there's just nothing out there. Right. But, and, but listen, the, there's the so much potential. Are, the posts are moving, right? That's the problem, too. But Phil, there's so much potential, right? Whereas like collectibles, I don't know. Like, yeah, of course, there's baseball cards in the past. So I don't know about the viability of something like candy. Fantasy fantasy baseball is the second most played type of fantasy. Like it's behind NFL. Like it's way ahead of like NBA or any of the other right. sports. Like, like fantasy baseball is fucking huge. And you're talking about like literally the only thing, like there's no Rainmakers MLB. Like there's nothing else like that. There's only so rare. So it's like, there is a huge market share here that they could go out and capture. Um, and I'm not saying they're not going to be able to because they were mean to me in the community. I mean, it's like, you got 30 days until opening day. Like you got to go big here. And I know a month ago, some of their engineers and stuff were asking on Twitter. They were like, what do you, what changes do you want to see to MLB so rare this year? So maybe they don't have a plan. The only other thing I'll say, and I don't mean this to sound, um, ignorant or racist in any way is that so rare is a french company right we've had nicholas on the podcast very recently really lovely guy um soccer obviously a massive international sport huge in france obviously basketball also a huge international sport mm -hmm. um the, the highest rated prospect right now is from france and they've had a lot of fantastic players france it, france is really good internationally at basketball so it's very cultural there baseball how many people in france play fucking baseball zero uh, no, maybe zero. a few, Absolutely. but, but That's like, true. there's not, are there any major leaguers that are born in France? Like probably not, not enough, not if they grew up there. Right. So Fran obviously baseball is an international sport, especially in Asia, like huge, right. In the, you know, uh, Japanese Korean leagues and stuff, but a little bit different, I think maybe culturally for a company that I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's as hard as if, if, if leadership doesn't have like a deep rooted cultural knowledge of a sport, I, it might be a little harder to, to understand its cultural significance. Uh, I'm not saying that can't be learned. And again, I don't mean that in a, in a, bigoted way or anything like that i'm just saying that uh soccer and basketball massive international markets especially in france uh but baseball something that might be just be a little less native to to the leadership team there so i don't know we'll wait and see what what that looks like 
They've also got a massive American team at Sora. They have a massive American team. So it's not it's not that it's impossible. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? It's just like if it's not something you grew up with or that's cultural uh, where you are, it might be a little harder to to relate to the average fan. Uh, if you haven't been part of that culture, it's not. It's just it. not an international sport. And and if we're being honest, exactly. it's actually one of the yeah. sports where a lot of the countries that are very good at baseball are not developed uh, the way some of the big, you know, soccer countries are. Right? soccer mm-hmm. has its share share of countries that are that are not, you know, um, you know, the richest countries in the world. But they also have mm-hmm. tons of countries in Europe and, and all over the world yeah. where where people are into this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, in the Dominican Republic, we we actually had some guests on from the Dominican, those two kids at one time that were like, yeah, we're trying to build NFTs in this place. Uh, or mm-hmm. maybe it was me with something else. But but they said nobody cares here. Nobody really has the money to do any of that kind of stuff. And and baseball, whether we like it or not, is not an international sport at this point. There are players around no. the world that are good. There are other leagues that are popular, like in Japan and, and, and Korea. And they do provide Major League Baseball players, but not on the same scale as the NBA and 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 um and, and soccer that's that's just mm-hmm. the reality of things so i think they're gonna have a bit more mm-hmm. trouble with that but at the same time i mean there is a market out there and uh and like you said there's a lot of americans on that team and we'll see what they do i think we give them a shot here not ideal what happened to you in the discord um but i think i, I kind of fall, <laughs> i think i kind of i kind of sure i'm sure i deserved part of it lack of experience <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, listen. I've been in. I've I've been in Discord's LG where you come in and you you right away say what the f is going on? What is this crap? But 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 if you if if someone like me knows you, we know your tone and we know it's just in a funny tone. It's the same as posting that big bird kicking the door open. It's not meant to say like, hey, screw everyone in here. It's kind of just like a hey, what the hell? And you've done it in every single Discord, whether we know the people running the Discord or not. You go in there guns blazing every time. And tell me immediately what is happening with this. What the hell is happening with this? Tell me right now. You know, what do you mean? Disgrace. Bad. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it all. So. <laughs> I think that I thought it was kind of normal d- discord banter. And then I, I I think it's okay to call out community leads of being like, hey, like you can't like this is what do you think discord is for? Only mm-hmm. positive conversation. And it, and it was like people complain too much. It was like, bro, it's NFTs, man. That's what this is. Like, sorry to tell you, but it's like people. This is an open forum for people. This voicing is their displeasure. Exactly. So. I, I was I was pretty unhappy about that, uh, and 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 still am. But uh, I don't. Know, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it next week. We'll see if they roll out anything this week. They had promised by the end of February that they would have their season two plan. Uh, so they've got another twenty four hours to do that, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what comes. Um, well, I think on that note we can end it. Phil D. Been an hour and a half. This has been a pretty good return of the show, I would say. Is there anything else you want to say? Do you have anything to say before we wrap up? There is not. Listen, we didn't have time to get to these projects that I was being tagged in all week, but I will have something to say for these things. <laughs> we'll keep that segment for oh. next time, okay? Because it, it's not something I want to rush through, okay? I want to address some of these, these, these projects I was tagged in, and I want to give my thoughts on them. Uh, I do want to put a bit of effort into that instead of just, you know, saying, hey, I don't really know what that's all about, you know? Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that next week. Other than that, LG, just want to say a massive congratulations on the big two zero zero. I think it's pretty monumental, man. It really is. I already used that word on this episode, but it, mm-hmm. it's not easy to keep going. You could have easily given up halfway through when things weren't going too well, and and when you realize that you're either you know losing all these bots that have been following you know the the first minute account. Like, <laughs> for me, I was like, what the hell is sure. going on here, man? Like, do I need to do something yeah. different? But it would have been easy to just pack it up and quit. And um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people respect the fact that you've you've taken it this far and that we're still going, you know, still creating mm-hmm. content, still keeping people updated. Maybe the interest is not there anymore, um, but somebody has to do it. And, and I know you enjoy doing it. So big kudos to you on that. 
hopefully we live to 200 years old, man. I've always, I, you know, ever since I've been young, I, I would hope they like create, and I think it's because of the Austin Powers movie, you know, where you can freeze somebody for like 50 years. <laughs> I've always been like, I can't wait till the day where they call me up and be like, if you take this shot, you will live an extra 50 years. It'll freeze you, you know, as you are for like 20 years and you keep taking it every 20 years. I'll do it, so, man. So, I'll be your so you want to do this that. podcast for 200 years? Why stop at 200 episodes when we could do 200 years? Is that what you're saying? I just, I want to be around for 200 years, man. I'm thinking of my age. I'm like, hold <laughs> on a second. What the hell is going on here? What do you mean I only have half my life left? I don't think so, pal. I want to keep going. I don't care. I also don't want to be an wow. old geezer. But I want to keep wow, going, that's, So I know the community will be into that. They want, <laughs> listen, listen, community. That's the last thing. Tell us in the comments of wherever, I don't know, on iTunes or, or tell us on Twitter, Do you, would you support Phil living to 200 years and would you want to live that long with him as well? Would you want to be frozen at the same time to keep listening to Phil D on the first mint from now until uh, uh, 20, 22, 23 is what we're aiming for. I love it. Phil D, thanks again and, uh, and, and welcome back. Great to have you back on the show and, uh, and we'll be back next week with more first mint. So good to be back and I can't wait.